Good morning. Welcome to the MT for Christ 24-7 podcast. I am MT Clark, and this little Zoom meeting is more than a Zoom meeting. It's a Bible study, and it's a little program that we produce called Bible Study with the Sincatis, as we are joined by our good friends Arthur and Susanna Sincati, and my wife Tammy Lynn Clark is here as well, and we have cats around as well. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll be on. But today is Sunday. It's a day of worship and Arthur has sent us a study entitled Worship. And so uh, we're going to worship the Lord and Spirit and in truth through this Bible study. But before that, we'll say good morning and uh, invite Arthur to pray us in. So, good morning. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> open by saying that uh, Mark and I uh, enjoyed a, uh, a fun, a nice dinner together on, uh, what was it, Friday night? Thursday. Uh, Thursday night of last week. And uh, it was refreshing to see one another face-to-face -face and just uh, chat about uh, the ministry and what God's doing in each of our lives. It's uh, pretty exciting times that we live in. Mm -hmm. And so we came together uh, to honor a friend who has gone home to be with the Lord, Bill Ham, uh, really uh, uh, just a fine, solid, um, simple-hearted believer that uh, we both love very much and miss already, you mm -hmm. know, but uh, uh, what a great uh, testimony to his life the, the uh, um, uh, service was, uh, children uh, getting up and speaking and praising God for uh, all that has transpired you know in their family in the midst of their family over the over the years so uh it's always bittersweet we don't mourn like uh, uh those that uh, uh don't know christ um, but it's it's of course it's it's always bittersweet bill was young and um uh his wife rebecca uh, covered your prayers for her uh indeed and so um uh Life goes on. Bill's home. He made it. <laughs> He's rejoicing. Yeah, Bill was a, Bill was a listener of the podcast, so you know, he was. He, he, he was. Uh, he, he he actually attended my classes in my last class at Rock Solid Church uh, for Freedom in Christ. He was a big supporter. He was he walked yep. with me through um, the, the roughest days of my life uh, when I first entered recovery. He was on the the, the team of Celebrate Freedom and. He's a faithful yep. friend and brother, uh, you know, servant to the church. Uh, simple guy, uh, yeah, but uh, faithful, and um, you know, uh -huh. he's a great alumni guy. of uh, of uh, Rock Solid Bible Institute. Bible study, uh -huh. yeah, he was there yep. then too. Vision Bible College. So, Father, we praise you and thank you for uh, this day that is set before us, Lord. Um, uh, None of us is guaranteed tomorrow, Lord, but as we engage you here in the present, we're grateful um, and we are uh, rejoicing because you're in the midst of us, Lord. We uh, embrace that scripture that says wherever two or more are gathered in your name, you, there you are, right in the midst of us. And you are more than the honored guest. You are the uh, uh, conductor. You are the orchestrator of all that um, goes on, not just here, but in the entire universe. What is man that you even are mindful of us, Lord God, and this little gathering that you have entered in to fellowship with us here? It's um, uh, uh, 
it gives us pause. It, it's awe-inspiring. It genuinely is so much bigger than ourselves. <clears throat> and we give you praise and worship and honor and glory this morning, Lord, because you are worthy mm -hmm. and you are the reason why we uh, do this and why we come together and why we engage with one another around your word. It is always uplifting. It is always gripping to our hearts. It always catapults us further forward in maturity. It always changes us into the image of Christ. And we're grateful for all of the above. Ask for your blessing over this time together. Holy Spirit, have your way here this morning. We pray in the authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today's study on worship is stirred by um, several different uh, stimuli. Uh, first of all, going back into the archives, I realized that I've never really done a piece on worship. My goodness. Oh. <laughs> a shame on me. Um, uh, you know, worship, uh, unfortunately, and it's, you know, conceptually something we'll unpack, is something I, I rather take for granted. And I think a, a lot of us do. I'm, I'm not a, a musical person. I barely eke out a song. <laughs> and everybody that sits around me will testify to that uh, in church. And, you know, I don't, I don't play an instrument, so I don't, de you know, deem myself as part of the worship team or, you know, in, engaging in, in, in that dynamic, church dynamic. Mm -hmm. So I'm just a simple parishioner who comes and worships God with everybody else. But uh, that's, so it, it, it becomes kind of second nature, and it's something you, you, we take as rather uh, matter of fact. But what a, and as, as I was contemplating it, um, part of it was uh, stimulated by uh, Tom Griffith's study on release, uh, the resources of heaven. In the last chapter, and it was, was on worship. And uh, what a um, you know, central centerpiece to our life in Christ. This is, this is centerpiece right here. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to uh, um, unveil today. And I opened with uh, Jesus' engagement with the woman at the well, where he, he and she, well, she's um, you know, introducing a conversation about worship. You know, oh, you know, you Jews say that you worship here and we worship there. And you know, Jesus never <laughs> answers a direct question with a direct answer. And he just says to her, Kind of, you know what? But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Um, that's one of those big statements that Jesus says that just, like, if, you know, if he was in a room of 20 people, I think everybody would just be silent for about 10 minutes. <laughs> like, okay, uh, and and the first screwball that asks the question <laughs> would probably be named Peter, right? <laughs> but uh, it, it's just one of those huge statements that just settles in the room and settles on your soul. And you got to say to yourself, well, what does that mean, Jesus? And I want to be a true worshiper. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And um, we were created to worship. Uh, we're created by God. 
and we're created to worship. That is a, a that's in our DNA. That's part of our fiber. Uh, everyone worships someone or something. something e right, e even right. the atheist is a worshiper. Mm -hmm. Try not worshiping sometime and see what rises up in your soul. Mm -hmm. The thing that rises up in your soul is what you worship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's, you know, it, it, it's a, a, almost a circular argument, so to speak. You know, you can't deny the fact that you're a worshiper. You know, would you say that people, you know, most of the time when you hear worshiping, you think of people, well, I don't worship other gods. I don't worship, you know, this or that. Well, do you really focus on eating? Is your focus on drink? Sure. Is your focus on shopping? Yeah. You yeah. know, there, there are things, oh. you know, part of, Mark, part of your Celebrate Freedom is not just freedom from drugs and alcohol or sexual addictions or anything like that. But, you know, other things can rise up and take place, yeah. take that, take its place on the throne of God. Right. That you think is more important <clears throat> than him. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, the whole concept of idolatry and the uh, the Bible is is basically the fact that we're worshiping other things other than God, other than the one true God. And yeah. as you point out, basically, you know, it, maybe you don't have religion. Uh, you don't have any any sense of faith, but, you know, you're one of the things that uh, people point to that, uh, you know, um, you know, indicate what you worship is where you spend your money. Um, right. Yes. Right. Yes. Or your time. Or the fact that you're consumed in getting money. <laughs> right. you worship right. money itself. Um, right. Yeah. So so we all worship something. And I think there was a Bob Dylan song. You're going to you're going to serve somebody, you know, and uh, yeah. You know, it was either, and that was the period, I guess, when Bob was turning towards the Lord uh, mm -hmm. for a while, uh, where he used to, like, you know, to serve God instead of, because uh, you're going to serve uh, Satan or you're going to serve uh, God, mm -hmm. you're going to serve something. And uh, yeah. mm -hmm. he, he yeah. worship the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, if we carve it back uh, far enough, um, those are the only two choices. <laughs> really, there are two kingdoms. There are only two kingdoms. And Jesus said, you know, no one will serve two masters or can serve two masters. Mm -hmm. So um, Gary um, Kinneman writes in Overcoming the uh, Dominion of Darkness. Um, I haven't read the book. I'm actually quoting from uh, Tom Griffith's uh, uh, study says, worship is the ultimate issue of the universe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Worship is perhaps the most powerful and liberating weapon in spiritual mm -hmm. warfare. Worship affirms the lordship of Jesus Christ over all creation and casts down the dominion of darkness. So, mm -hmm. so there it is right there. He puts the spotlight on two kingdoms and um, choose you this day. <laughs> right? That's what Joshua says to the children of Israel. Yeah, worship is a as, it, as they point out for spirit. It's a weapon for spiritual warfare. Um, yeah, the enemy doesn't like to hear our singing praises to the Lord, and we can use it right. to test and you know basically cleanse an area. Um, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed or fearful or whatever. Um, yes, and and, and um, whether you think it's demonic or not, um, if you worship, um, you'll change the atmosphere. Um, yes. Basically, you, if the spiritual forces of darkness are there, they they won't want to be there. And if it's just fear in your own spirit, you know, basically, you'll be 
And, you know, as, as uh, the Bible says about David, he strengthened himself in the Lord. Uh, yes. What yeah, did that look good. like? Did he lift weights and say, this is for you, God? I don't know. I don't think so. Or was that worshiping in spirit and in truth from his heart, you know, and building himself in his faith, you know, reminding who yourself, you know, who you are in Christ and, and singing praises to the Lord. And um, not for nothing, but um, I'm, I'm currently running through the uh, Celebrate Freedom Discipleship uh, course um, uh, that we're putting out on YouTube and not the next one, but the lesson after that is on worship um, because mm. I thought it was that big of uh, a, a, a weapon um, and a concept that needs to be, you know, um, uh, taught on and encouraged, you know, in the body of yeah. Christ when it comes to freedom. It's got to be part of your mm. wheelhouse. This is, you know, we are a people that worship and yeah. um, do it for all kinds of reasons i uh, give glory to god and to uh to build us up in our in our faith as well yes yes i agree uh so drives us to the question so what is worship how, how do we do it how do we distinguish between what jesus calls true worship and um <clears throat> the opposite of that would be false worship and what are some of the peripheral uh, uh what's some of the peripheral value of of worship so um Let's uh, start out by uh, uh, just as an aside, distinguish between uh, praise and worship, okay, mm -hmm. for a starting point, because there seems to be much crossover, even in scripture, you know, it, 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 the, the words are all, almost used interchangeably. Um, <clears throat> it's like uh, a soul and spirit, you know, there is, uh, there is the, this, this, you know, gray area as well, where they can be interchangeable. Uh, the, the word Jesus uses in the opening verse is proskitano, uh, and it mean meaning uh, adore, uh, to fawn or crouch, to prostrate oneself in homage. Uh, the Hebrew, uh, uh, the, uh, the same word is, is saha, uh, similar meanings, um, and um, in in the Old Testament, in Genesis uh, 22, 5, Abraham said to the young men, um, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. So um, this, of course, is the whole uh, uh, account of Abraham uh, asked, uh, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. That poses, So we come up against the question, what was Abraham planning to do? He says to the guys, he says to the other guys, the lad and I are going to go over there to worship. He was planning on sacrificing. Mm. So there was a, a, a correlation, you know, between worship and, and sacrifice, especially in the Old Testament. <clears throat> and um, this act of, of worship, uh, worship like love, commands an action. There, there's an action involved. It wasn't just a cerebral thing. It wasn't just a contemplation um, there was uh, an action involved. Abraham was establishing preeminence, sacrificing what he held dear to establish what he held dearer or dearest, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, that was, we, we know the, the, the account. God was testing Abraham to see, see where his heart was, see where the, um, uh, the focus of his, uh, of his being was, uh, was. Was he just, um, you know, consumed with the promise? Was he... Uh, completely uh, was this the the apple of his eye or was the 
the promiser, the provider of the mm -hmm, promise. Mm -hmm. Really, did, he, did Abraham really get that and have that perspective? Uh, I, Obviously, I would, we know that he did. I would say and presume that uh, when you look at that verse, you kind of left off the last part. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is a little rusty today. He says, we will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Well, yeah, I know that. Um, so that, he, that in, it imposes had, a longer story. And we, <laughs> but I'm just saying he had <laughs> yeah. part of worship, in my opinion, there. Yeah. Faith in the provider, like you said, and he, he had faith. He said, well, you know, I'm going to sacrifice. God's going to provide. Well, that's a good, actually, that's a great point because we read in Hebrews 13, or 11, the faith chapter, mm -hmm. how it, 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 the, the writer of Hebrews, kind of speculating, says that um, Abraham believed that God would do something. He's going to do something. He's going to, he's going to ra maybe raise the dead. He'd, yep. it, it probably, maybe in Abraham's mind, um, he, he was going to sacrifice Isaac. And God was going to raise him from the dead uh, because God doesn't contradict himself. Like one minute, he doesn't give you a promise one minute and then right. kill it the next minute. You know, Abraham, Abraham that had the promise that he'd be a father of many nations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He the, and he had the command to sacrifice the son that would uh, yep. do that. And, you know, uh, you think sometimes things are mutually exclusive and, you know, you can't have it both ways. Well, you can mm. the Lord, but probably not the way yeah. you think. <laughs> so, yeah. so he, th you know, and, and like you said, he, the author of Hebrews speculated that he thought, you know, Abraham probably thought he's going to bring back from the dead, but yeah, uh -huh. easy. There was a much easier answer uh, to that. that uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. God would test his faith and stop his hand and provide another sacrifice. And that's what he did with all of us, with Jesus Christ. You know, uh, we were going to be, you know, we would have to die in our sins. And instead, he gave us Jesus and, and he died for us. We didn't have to die for our sins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want, anyone wants to look that up, it's Hebrews eleven seventeen through 20. So um, praise and worship, as I said, have some crossover meanings, but most evangelicals would describe it this way to say that uh, praise is horizontal while worship is vertical. Um, when we praise God, uh, we're telling one another how great and wonderful he is. It's uh, in the congregation. Uh, and that's the dynamic. Whereas worship is uh, speaking directly to God and exalting him exclusively, mm -hmm. you know which we can do because we have access to the throne and through Christ. Amen. Uh, so another way to think of worship is to ascribe worth to. Uh, it's almost, you know, in the word there. This is why worship is universal because we all ascribe worth or value to something. Apart from God, we only have lesser temporal, uh, equally created things to ascribe worth to. How foolish is that? You know, uh, we have God as an option, <laughs> but no, you know, I'm I'm going to worship this glass instead today, you know, because I like this glass. It's you know, it's nice, it's tangible, it's right here. I can worship it. You can get something out of it. I can get something out of it. I can put something into it. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm only going to get out of it what I put into it. That's right. Uh, and that just like your faith. That, 
that's it right there. It puts me right at the right in control and at the center of the universe, mm -hmm. right? Because you know that's what <clears throat> uh, you know false worship and foolish worship yeah. essentially mm -hmm. is worshiping ourselves and our own you know control and um, propensity to want to make everything the way we want to make it. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Exodus uh, thirty four. 12 to 14 says, take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you're going, lest it be a snare in your midst. But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. For you shall worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous god. So that's um, uh, uh, children of Israel are receiving a word from the Lord that when you go into the promised land, you're going to engage false worship, worshipers of uh, uh, wood and sky and, and nature and, uh, and objects and glasses and things like that. Uh, don't do that. You know, I, I am the Lord and I'm jealous for you. We're talking about a love affair here. This is, you know, some people have called the, the Bible God's love letter to mankind. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a, a deep, intimate relationship that God was longing to have with Israel that they never really got that. <laughs> they never really got that part somehow, especially uh, the wanderers in the wilderness. Uh, really, only only two of them uh, got the memo on what was going on. Uh, <clears throat> I like, so he's uh, Exodus 34 there because... I mean, it's obvious, you know, that they're they're telling you not to, you know, to take part in the the idol worship of the foreigners. But I, yeah. I like the um, uh, it says, "Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the, you know, with with the inhabitants of the land." And that was, you know, guilt by association. You know, we yes, we, we like be very careful of you know making friendships or you know marriages or whatever with people who don't. Uh, who don't follow the Lord because you inadvertently, you know, uh, give them worship. And yeah. uh, part of, part of the, the freedom process is to deny and renounce um, all, all and any associations with anything other than the Lord, you know, anything mm. or any other religion, um, you know, like, right. What is right. They literally bow down to a Buddha uh, statue and, um, mm -hmm there's the you know and in our in our culture currently that you know promotes diversity we have to be very careful that yeah. as christians uh, you know, that we respect people's right to believe whatever they choose to believe but to not participate um uh and uh in in their their ceremonies because it can you know it, it can have you know, spiritual consequences of uh allowing you know the enemy to have permission to torment you. So yeah, right. yeah, sure. It's yeah, explicit and sometimes it's subtle. We have to really yeah. through. What what you just shared is really an indictment of our culture today because sometimes we can subtly what what do we um, come alongside mm -hmm. in some very subtle and subversive ways? What do we Eric, agree to? What do we embrace? Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but um, there was a government official 
um, this week who was sworn in to some sort of thing. And Eric Metaxic shared uh, shared the ceremony, a video of the ceremony on uh, Twitter. And this person was sworn in. And instead of the Bible, he was sworn in on a stack of books, which was basically like gay pornography. Wow. Uh, I kid you not. Uh, if, if, if you don't believe me, check out Eric's, Eric's Metaxas uh, Twitter yeah, feed and you'll oh, see it. And I was like utterly shocked. I'm like, this is just brazen antichrist behavior right in our, right in our government. And yeah. um, you basically that. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when you guys were talking about that, um, I thought of Romans, Romans uh, 1, starting at 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Right. Professing to be wise, they became fool, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made of corruptible man, birds, or four-footed animals, yeah. or creeping things. You know, the Bible, people say, you know, oh, the Bible is just a bunch of stories, but it's so much more. It, oh. it really can tell you what's going on because people are walking around going, well, what's happening here? Yeah, that really you hits know? the nail on the head, uh, that verse. And I did not know about uh, what you just shared. Uh, uh, it's not shocking that uh, 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 pagan false foolish worship has seeped into our government i think it's pretty clear maybe from the maybe time. from the beginning uh, of uh, and in all other governments but think of again how temporal how small how uh, what a cheap imitation uh, that that is and the opportunity set before us to engage in worship with the creator of the universe Light has no fellowship with darkness. And mm -hmm. Paul says in another place that um, be not unequally yoked, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the, this, is the, this is the consistent message through the scripture. This is not exclusively Old Testament and sacrificial system. That worship is the consistent message through the entire scripture. Mm -hmm. We were created to worship. I just want to emphasize that point. Psalm 22, 3 says, but you are holy and thrown on the praises of Israel. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, we're talking about dominions here. We're talking about thrones. We're talking about places of authority. Mm -hmm. What, who or what do we give ultimate authority to? And mm -hmm. that's going to be a big question that everybody has to answer individually for themselves before the Lord, you know? Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> So the next question is how how do we do this? How how do we worship? Uh, uh, is there's a lot of variation and controversy on this subject. Um, Tom Griffith writes um, the Hebrew and Greek words translate uh, most of the time uh, most of the time in our English Bibles as worship could also be accurately translated in many contexts as serve or minister. Mm -hmm. So. Um, uh, we could, uh, could, could you take a peek at Acts, or I think oh, I, I, I might have it. it in Tom's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 13 2. 13 2. This was the priestly function of the Old Testament to minister to the Lord. Not that he needs anything, but there is a righteousness in coming in alignment with the divine order. Mm -hmm. It says, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me. Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Right. 
So um, uh, they were in the meeting. Paul was there and Barnabas, this guy Barnabas. And uh, in the midst of, of uh, serving or ministering to the Lord, uh, and Tom makes the case that it's the same, it's the same uh, in, in impetus or intent as, as worship, uh, God spoke and separated uh, Barnabas and Saul for uh, mission, missionary work. Um, the, uh, uh, let's see, I'm sorry. We see a, an awesome picture of this, uh, uh, dynamic of worship in Revelation 4.10, a glimpse into the heavenlies reveals that whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, the 24 elders fall down before him and worship him. So unfortunately, our diminished sense an understanding of worship has been reduced to maybe three songs on a Sunday morning. You know, that's what a lot of people think that that worship is. Uh, uh, and, and then we're moving on. Right. Um, in truth, everything that we do should be an act of worship, our giving, our service, our love for one another, our love for the lost, our work, even our most mundane tasks can be an act of worship. Mm -hmm. um, if it is done joyfully as unto the Lord, in an attitude of peace and humility, mm -hmm. right? All these things are, are, are central components, I believe, to true worship. And Romans um, uh, 12, 1 brings the New Testament um, uh, uh, mantle, you know, and understanding over, over sacrifice when he says, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service mm -hmm. or active worship. I think we could insert based on what we've, what we've just learned. Mm. So um, that's uh, what worship is. We're worshiping God right now. We're worshiping God right now because he's the centerpiece of our attention. He's our focus. This study, as we prayed in opening, is all about him. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Um, we're uh, we're not uh, pontificating. We're not telling him who he is. We're engaging with him, uh, <clears throat> believing that the Holy Spirit is leading and orchestrating uh, what 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 goes on here. And we're rightly dividing the word of truth, giving an accurate uh, assessment of, of who he is. And we're worshiping right now. Um, so to distinguish uh, again between uh, false. And, and, and true and false worship, I believe, has to do with attention, this, mm -hmm. this, this subject of, of, of attention. Mm -hmm. And we've already discussed how God uh, and God alone is and should be the sole object of, of our worship. And if you give your attention or worship to lesser things, that's, that's folly. Uh, worshiping false gods uh, is false worship. And those who worship false gods, like like the universe, for instance, you know, a lot of people are running around worshiping the universe. Um, yeah. I used to engage with uh, uh, a, a Wiccan. She was a coworker, and uh, she would always uh, try to use semantics, and she'd say, "Oh, you know, it, it's it's nothing, Arthur. Uh, um, you you say God, I say the universe. Uh, it's it's really um, well." Um, <clears throat> Does the universe answer you? Uh, does, does, does the universe sacrifice uh, its son for you? Uh, can you engage with the universe on a personal, intimate uh, uh, level? So 
the universe is just a for instance, but the people that worship false gods deserve the answer that they get, which is nothing, right. no answer. You know, I think it's in Isaiah when he's talking uh, about uh, idols and God's uh, uh, talking to I Isaiah about idols. And he says, you know, they have ears, but they cannot hear. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. You know, they have hands, but they cannot feel. You know, and then he finishes it with saying, and you're just like them. And you're just like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you Because you become what you, what you worship. You become what you worship. You know, this is this is part of the 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 order of of life the created order of life hmm. better to worship the creator than the creature as paul goes on to mm -hmm, say in in, mm -hmm. in, that, in that romans passage um so but worshiping the one true god with false motives and intentions can also be false wor uh, uh, worship mm -hmm. you know the 24 elders in romans uh, or in revelation 4 4:10 were caught up and captivated by the majesty and glory of god and they couldn't help but fall down and worship. But we're so distracted by many things, mm -hmm. you know. We could be even worshiping in church. Like, we got our hands up in the air. We're singing the songs. And then we're like, uh, looking around. Oh, the cell phone just went off. Wait a second. I got to check. Uh, you know, it, we're constantly distracted. Mm -hmm. is, is God really the centerpiece of our attention? Mm -hmm. In all things, or is he just, you know, like another ornament on the Christmas tree? Um, yeah, I think that that's very true. Yeah. And again, I go back to it doesn't have to be something huge, and, and we're not bringing condemnation. Please don't think we're bringing yeah, condemnation. That's true. But how many times have I been sitting in a worship, you know, the worship time, the singing and the praise of the worship time, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? Yeah. And do I need to go to the grocery store before we we go home after church? And yeah. I wonder if, if so-and-so is going to come by and say hello. Right. You know, those are distractions that pull your, your focus away from God <laughs> and onto something else. And and where do they happen? In your head. Yeah. And this was our study last week about our thought life and the source of thoughts. Mm. So uh, we know, you know, Mark, mentioned in the earlier part of the study that satan wants does not want us worshiping god he wants to derail our worship and throw a monkey wrench into the whole process and you know we talked about this last week and whatever capacity he has to uh to wreak havoc in our thought life unless we take those thoughts captive we can be sharing the gospel we can be worshiping we could be preaching and our thoughts can be a million miles away, thinking we can be on a beach in Aruba, stuck in down pina coladas, you know, I don't know, whatever people do. I haven't been to Aruba, so I don't know what people do on the beach there. But uh, it must be good because I think a lot of people go there. Uh, we'll have to go sometime. Yes, yes. Hold the pina colada. Uh, well, we can have the ones that don't have alcohol. Okay. <laughs> so we can be so distracted. And, and, and uh, again, Susanna pointed out rightly pointed out that this is not condemnation but we all want to raise the bar you know mm -hmm. uh mark said earlier it may have been just uh before we uh started the broadcast that this is an encouragement ministry we're you know we're not here to um browbeat or to condemn anyone we're here to say we're going somewhere we're going somewhere and we're growing we want to grow 
uh, and change into the likeness of Christ and grow to a place of maturity. We all are. We're, you know, I certainly put myself under the microscope. I'm saying these things because I'm distracted in worship. You know, I know what I'm talking about. Really, this is a, you know, evidenced by my own experience here. I'm not just this. I didn't get this out of a textbook. Right. I'm distracted in worship and I don't like it. I don't want to be. I really want to have a, a glimpse of of who God is, to touch the hem of his garment, to yes. genuinely engage with kind of this face-to-face, -face, like Moses had a face-to-face, -face, Catholic Catholics call a beatificial vision of God. Mm. That's, that, that's what the longing of my heart is. Yeah. Unfortunately, the longing of my flesh is often the roast that is in the crock pot <laughs> kind of thing. So we, we all uh, want to uh, uh, raise the bar, so to speak, in our um, uh, in our worship, because it's the centerpiece of the universe, right? Mm. Some of the, uh, the the peripheral benefits of, of worship are, are replete. Really, I mean, we've already touched on 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 some of them. You know, this uh, this healing in, in worship. Uh, Tom pointed out in his study that. They were, the spirit moves in worship. Some people have been delivered, set free, even healed. You know, before we got to the healing portion of the service, right? Mm -hmm. Just worshiping God, mm -hmm. just in worship. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a power dynamic going on. He goes on to say that worship de dethrones the enemy. Mm -hmm. It is the most powerful weapon in spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. um, Psalms 8.2 says, "For the lips uh, from the lips of uh, of of um, children and infants, you have ordained praise because your enemies uh, to from be, because be, I think it because of your because of your enemies uh, to silence the foe and the avenger. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, praise and, and worship again uh, can be interchangeable." Or they can piggyback on one another, uh, but uh, this power in, involved there. God is uh, committed to defeating the enemy of the kingdom of God. He will enable His church to worship Him in, in such a way as to effectively silence the principalities and powers assailing against us. That's uh, Tom Griffith again. Second um, uh, Chronicles uh, twenty. 18 to 24, Suzanne is going to read that for us, is an Old Testament example about how engagement in worship silenced the enemy. Okay. Yep. Yep. 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of Korathah, and the children of Parathah stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with loud voices and high. So they rose early in the morning and went to the wilderness of Ketat. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people and and anointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise in the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and they were singing, praise the Lord, 
for his mercy endures forever. Now, when, it, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set an ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> there was another situation when you were talking about, excuse my voice, um, Mark and Arthur about um, things happening on TV and or in, in the uh, limelight. And I'd like to look it up again, but there was something that happened with someone in a in a meeting standing up and, and denouncing Israel. Mm. And mm. right as they finished their statement, had a heart attack and fell onto the podium. Oh my goodness. Wow. Adrian Ross um, commented on that. You know, she yeah. has her podcast situation, wonderful person. But I mean People need to start watching out what they're saying against God's anointed yeah. and against his children. Yeah, I think because this, this scripture is very clear. Yeah. They yeah. went out singing and worshiping God, yeah. knowing that they were completely outnumbered. Outnumbered. Completely yeah. outnumbered. But Jehoshaphat had an understanding yeah. that it wasn't them that were going to fight these and win the battle. It was God. Yeah. <clears throat> and God has a strange way of doing that. Right. Sing songs. You know, sing songs. Walk <laughs> around the, uh, the city seven times and you know, blow the shofar. And yeah. Sing songs. And who wants to be the singing choir that goes out in front of an army? Don't you want to be behind the army? <laughs> I'll sing, guys, but I'll stand behind the guys with the guns, right? No, God says go in front. Yeah. Sing. You Pastor, don't even have to use your guns. Pastor Finn used to put it this way. He used to say uh, <laughs> Judah always goes first. Judah meaning praise. Mm -hmm. Judah always goes first, but never goes alone. Mm -hmm. So um, again, there's community there, mm -hmm. but the, the power in in this of of praise and worship is was manifest in through victory, you know, and uh, and the complete victory because the battle belongs to the Lord. You know, it wasn't about uh, counting numbers of people and sharpening your sword and armaments and things of that sort. Uh, the battle belongs to the Lord, and he will protect his own. He will protect his own, and that's beautiful. Yeah, I just so, looked you know. this up. Adrian Ross, if anyone's oh. interested. Turkish parliament member who collapsed with a heart attack after speaking ill of Israel yeah. dies. It reminds me of uh, Pilate, right? Was it, mm. was it Pilate? Who, his wife? Oh, no, it was um, Herod, I think, mm. who... Uh, uh, well, yeah, that story. He got, you know, someone said that Herod is like a god. Yeah, yeah, that was. Thank you. Thank accepted you. the praise and uh, yep. didn't like <laughs> rebuke the guy. And guess what? He got, he, he died. Um, well, he, he uh, nope. consumed by worms or something. Yeah. One apologist was, would often say uh, that. Um, where there is um, where there is plurality of of the miraculous, there's plurality of judgment, mm -hmm. and I think we're entering into a time, into an era, 
where, uh, uh, you know, we've been saying for a long time, you know, judgment begins at the household of faith. And the church has been under God's scrutiny uh, for quite some time with uh, the way we do worship and the way we do things and stuff like that. But at the same time, as everything in the world around us these days seems to be ratcheting up hmm. in a certain dimension, uh, I think we're going to see a plurality of the miraculous. I think we're going to see as the enemy stacks up against the church and against believers, we're going to see the hand of God um, uh, in ways that uh, we haven't seen in a long time. You know, uh, my personal theory is that I think that at, at times, kind of like with the, in the book of Judges, you know, uh, uh, God recedes um, uh, from, uh, you know, uh, pouring out his spirit or engaging in, uh, in, in the miraculous, that we might hunger and thirst for it all the more. All the hunger and thirst, you know, for, for him and for his help and cry out because the church has, you know, it, it, as I've already said, you know, we've reduced worship to three songs on a Sunday and most many of our efforts are confined to um, programs and uh, soup kitchens and uh, uh, you know good things noble things you know but um, sometimes we just get to a place where Lord we've tried everything mm. we just need you mm -hmm. the, the woman with the issue of blood I've tried everything I've tried doctors 12 years, 12 12 years. years. I've spent all, all my money but if I could just touch the hem of his garment, mm -hmm. I know that I would be healed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boy, to come to that place. To come to that place. Mm. Well, another passage that speaks of this in the New Testament, just to see the thread, is the Philippian jailer. If Tammy Lynn could read uh, Acts 16, 22 to 34 for us, we see another beautiful passage. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them <clears throat> into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in to the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the do doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all, and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Hmm. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Amen. Well, it's such a great, uh, powerful account. Um, Paul and Silas are beaten. They're in pretty rough shape, but they dig down deep in their soul. Or maybe it was just, maybe this is just who they were and what they do. Um, and, and they're worshiping God in the midst of the, of a, of a very ugly, this is not, you know, Columbia County House of Corrections with three hearts and a cot. This is this is uh, this is hideous uh, mm-hmm. situation and circumstance. And look at the hand of God in here. Like so, okay. So there was an earthquake. Well, how many times does an earthquake cause the shackles to fall off people? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and um, we see such a a complete outpouring of this of, of the spirit in 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 this account because. It's not just about the release of Paul and Silas, okay, which is big and good. You know, that's a good thing. We want to be free from bondage. We want to be set free from our afflictions. But there's a bigger picture here. There is a salvation takes place, not just of one man, but of his whole family. And that salvation um, changes his heart, you know, because now suddenly this jailer guy, of course, his life has been spared too, uh, has compassion. He has compassion. And um, there's there's healing being ministered to Paul and, and Silas. He um, bandages and, and, and applies salve to their wounds and sets food before them. This is a you know, this is a pretty replete picture of, uh, of healing, of, you know, compassion, generosity, the goodness of God, um, deliverance from a very, very bad situation. Well, here's another piece of, you know, sometimes when you read things, you, you're like, what? Well, wonder what? But like in that situation, you know, everybody's shackles are off and the doors are all open. Why didn't everybody else run? Why didn't all the other prisoners run? Because Paul says, don't worry about it. We're all, we are yeah. all here. Yeah. But the only thing you can think of is that those those people in jail were also hurting and whatever. But they were also listening. Yes. Yep. To Paul and Silas praising God and worshiping right. God. Yeah. And then they experienced their shackles just beep, beep, coming off. And they're like. We got to go talk to these two guys too, right? You know, yeah. the, so you know, it makes you wonder how many of those other prisoners. Yeah, that's a great point, really. You know, right? also yeah. came to the understanding of uh, who who God is was. and got saved. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> they call that passage um, in some circles the original jailhouse rock. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, this uh, so this is a glimpse into the spiritual natural spirit uh, the supernatural or the spiritual dimension, mm-hmm. which again I my personal opinion is I, I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Finn used to say, uh, "We give him glory; he gives us power." Um, he put us he put it this way: he'd say, you know the 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 um, uh, the the purpose of the angels is to give God glory. And um, if, if we give him glory, we're replacing and we're replacing the angelic. Uh, and, and that frees them up to minister to us, you know, uh, in, in, um, uh, 
in in the terra firma here in, in the midst of our situations because we know that angels are doing spiritual warfare at the same time uh, um, uh, we're wrestling against principalities and powers and and uh, evil and, and wickedness in high places mm -hmm. that uh, we can't even see mm -hmm. so uh, Tom Griffith concludes by saying uh, to worship this holy, compassionate, triumphant king. This is our privilege and destiny. The worship uh, you offer to God ministers to the Lord, releases blessing to you and other worshipers mm -hmm. and, denote, uh, and dethrones the enemy. Mm -hmm. It advances the kingdom. May the spirit of God bless and gift you with a fresh and contagious vision of kingdom worship mm -hmm. which i would submit is true worship yeah. worship in spirit and in truth mm -hmm. and um and that's what we have opportunity to do today mm -hmm. not because it's sunday not because we're going to a worship service not because church is from you know 10 to 11 15 or 11 30 or whatever but because we were created to worship yeah. and we're doing it right now the choice is always before us what we will give our attention, give our our praise and, and worship to. Um, let the understanding and the that God is at the at the helm of everything. You know, there is nothing made that was not made by him. He's the creator of the, the creed says he's the creator of all that is seen and unseen. Mm -hmm. So why would we give our worship or attention to lesser things? It's folly. Um, and even to the extent that we slip into the cultural, you know, norms, you know, let us heighten our awareness of that um, and, and raise the bar of our worship. I think we'll see um, great results flowing from that. And, then, and certainly, uh, an intimacy with God that we all long for will begin to really begin to um, overshadow us, mm -hmm. so to speak. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's uh, close this out in prayer here. Uh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for bringing us together to worship you uh, with, through studying yes. your word and uh, giving you praise and uh, recalling, you know, who you are and what you do. And um, I help us, um, Lord. Uh, so we just pray for you to help us again uh, to worship you in spirit and in truth today as we go out into the world to our various congregations across the, uh, the, the world. We just pray for you to bless the pastors that will be delivering the word of God yes. and uh, to, to, uh, uh, to glorify, to to empower the <laughs> worship teams that will give you glory and bless our fellowship um so we can encourage it uh, encourage each other to um to praise and worship you uh in spirit and in truth and to right. follow you and to be transformed through the worship um to uh have a vision uh and a heart to uh become more and more like jesus and to do your will on the earth Lord, we thank you we praise you we love you and we pray yes. all things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Indeed.
And uh, well, we th that's the end of our study, and we thank everyone for uh, tuning in or listening or watching or whatever this is coming to you. Um, we, we thank the, the new subscribers on YouTube for uh, subscribing to our channel. Uh, we thank Peter Markavich, who uh, reached out and asked uh, basically okay, to share, share our resources with uh, a group that he's going to be leading soon. And uh, so... So yeah, we say yes. Um, you can certainly share this. So, and if you want more, there's there's um, archives of our Bible study that go all the way back to 2021. Um, yes. I have agreed in principle, basically, to continue the study for all of 2024. And uh, so we're we're we got those Zoom Zoom meetings scheduled, and we're ready to ready to do it do it. You know, we're not even done with the new year. We're already looking forward to do the next year. Um, because uh, we want our our worship um, to be continuous, and uh, this is just one way we do. And uh, so we thank everyone for joining us and worshiping the Lord. And uh, from from my, my wife Tammy Lynn and I and Arthur and Susanna, so we we say God bless you all. Mm. God bless. Amen.